Welcome to my daily dispatch. We're all here to figure out this crazy moment in time together. Today, I have with us an Inman community favorite, Glenn Kelman, CEO of Redfin. No one better to talk to us today as we struggle to understand what the heck is going on in the world and in real estate. Welcome, Glenn. How are you? I'm good, all things considered. My family's healthy. What about you, Brad? Uh, same here. Yeah, I'm lucky. I, my daughter's giving birth tomorrow, so uh, that's a big Oh, deal. Grandpa Brad! Yeah, so, you know, I'm a person that loves to remind people that if something goes wrong, the good news is you'll have stories later in life. No one ever remembers a sunset, but you remember running out of gas and having to hitchhike. So yeah. uh, being born in the middle of this is kind of a beautiful thing, I think. But anyway. Oh, mazel tov. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, you know, Glenn, just to start, I, I have so many fond memories of you over the last so many years and watching your success and leadership and growth. And um, I just got to tell you that out of the gate, anytime I get to hear your voice, I feel better about the world. So um, anyway, to start Aww. with that. But I feel uh, like this is my eulogy at a funeral, but I haven't died yet, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Still kicking. Yeah, well, I have one. You know, we, we're in the news business, so we have obits and all of you already prepared. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, man. Uh, anyway. Um, so you're healthy. Your family's healthy. Uh, you're, in the epi- you're in the epicenter. Tell me what that's been like. That's, I mean, you, you were the epicenter. I guess it's moved to New York, but uh, Seattle was first to really face this tsunami, right? It was. And in more ways than one, because my wife is an oncologist. And so I've been getting some reports from the front lines. I think many people know a doctor in one capacity or another. And so we've heard just how worried the medical profession is. But as a business, it's been good. I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but to have it happen to us first gave us a head first in preparing where we saw on March 2nd that we had to close the office here and we just realized it was going to be a matter of time before we would do that elsewhere. So as I said, I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but if it's going to happen, you almost want it to happen to you first so you can start thinking about it first. Let me ask you on that very subject, Glenn. What, so March 2nd, where are we at? You know, it's funny how I, I don't know if it's nine o'clock or 11 o'clock Monday or Tuesday. I don't know if it's March 6th yeah, or March, I but I guess, I guess it's March 25th. That was about three weeks ago. What for the rest of the country that hasn't really faced, you know, the challenge yet, what are a couple of lessons that you've had personally and as a businessman? Well, I think first to put the health of your employees ahead of all other considerations, they will remember it and they will be grateful I wondered what I was holding out for because I remember it was Monday night and we'd sent an employee home with a cold and I was asking, well, did he have a cough? Was it a chest cough? How serious did it seem? Didn't he have asthma? And then I just said to myself, what are you waiting for? Someone else is going to go home tomorrow who's also sick and then another shoe is going to drop the day after that. And if you know you're going to have to shut down, just do it now. And so... What makes that hard is you ask yourself, well, when are we going to reopen? And that's why you have to adapt to being able to conduct business virtually. So I think the first thing is just to tell employees and agents how much you care. 
and the second is to communicate frequently. And then the third is just to gather everybody in your business and say, everything's changed. What are you going to do about it? Because there are people who still assume that whatever they were doing yesterday is still the most important thing to do today. And it might not be true anymore. So that would be my first set of advice. Yeah, that's really, um, that's really thoughtful. And I, I think it's so, it's, it's so simple, but it's something like everything in these times we forget. Um, have you ever found yourself like personally, like freaking out um, where you, you have to collect yourself and pull it together? And I mean, everybody's kind of leaving yeah. the playing field. Everything is kind of, we're all kind of the same now, but you must, you're human. You must have had yeah. those moments. How, how do you cope with that? Well, there are a lot of miles on my car, Brad. I'm an emotional <laughs> person. My wife thinks there's no one more poorly suited to an up and down real estate business, to being a publicly traded stock <laughs> um, than I am at Redfin. So it actually hasn't been that bad for me personally. When we went public, we ran this roadshow video that showed Bane, the villain from Batman. And it was because we were getting so many questions about what we were going to do in a dark time. And we had just said that we know that's coming. We were born in the dark, which is what this villain says. And so we had simulated a recession in September, in fact, I think it was September 19th that I ended up telling investors that every year we simulate a recession. Uh, I remember that because our stock dropped 5% in one day, and I didn't even think it was an extraordinary thing to say. But the reason we do that is because we went through 2008, and there I was inconsolable. I just felt like we started this company at the worst possible time. And I didn't know when it was going to end. Every good idea didn't work. Every bad idea didn't work. And you couldn't tell the difference between the two. But this feels different. Um, to me, I think society's pulling together in a really beautiful way. Our company's pulling together. We have a better balance sheet. So we know this is an existential. Um, and I'm just a middle-aged man. So <laughs> having been through 2008, you can't scare me anymore. That was as bad as real estate can get. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I like that. Because so, I always ask people, what do you draw on, you know, personally and otherwise, to kind of prepare you for this? And people often say, there's nothing. And I go, oh, yes, there is. There was that yeah. lonely, depressed moment. There was that yeah. business issue, that relationship issue, whatever it is. There's stuff in our past that we reflect that I think helps us, uh, hopefully, to be strong. Tell me what you're, we've, we watched, and I'm not asking you specifically this, but we watched yeah. Compass announce layoffs and Realty announce layoffs. Mm -hmm. How decimated, without getting specific, decimated is the, what I'll call the vital infrastructure of the industry to, to carry on. Mm -hmm. You know, some of that will be a cleansing and we'll get rid of people and things that we don't need, mm -hmm. but it is important mm -hmm. for companies to get through to the other side, semi-whole, yeah. so that they continue to operate in a yeah. different environment, right? Wow, that almost sounds like Robespierre to call it a cleansing. I, I know you didn't mean it that way. And by the way, I just want to take a moment to say what a national treasure you are, Brad. I mean, for you to know, for you to talk about how we all have a moment that we draw on that helps us through the hard times is a soulful way to talk about this. 
at a time when many people are just feeling the need to have that conversation. So as far as our balance sheet and our staffing levels, I think in some ways we're better prepared and in some ways we're worse prepared. We're worse because we have fixed costs. We pay our agents a base salary and healthcare benefits and we've rolled out hardship pay for our agents to actually increase their base level of income in anticipation of lower deal bonuses. So that taxes the business more, but we send about 40% of our demand to partners. And that was a decision we made back in 2008 because we knew there was another downturn coming and that if we ate every scrap of food on the table, um, we'd starve um, when there was another downturn. So we've just taken some of that demand away from partners and brought it back to ourselves so that our agents can prosper. And even then, it might not be enough. Agent bonuses are gonna be low in the next few months. But if we react too quickly before the government has figured out a stimulus for the economy, but also a safety net for the people who are let go, I don't think that's good for our culture. So our goal is to be prepared, but also to hold on and take care of as many people as we can. Yeah, I like how you said that. Um, do you, let me understand it. So you used to sell leads basically, right? And then um, to, to partners, I call it sell. I'm sure you have a fancier word, but you used to sell leads to partners. And what you're saying that was to prepare you for the recession, but now that we're in another, you know, I call it the deep freeze, not a recession or depression, but in this deep yeah. freeze, you're saying instead of that becoming a source of revenue for the company, for your employees and your stakeholders, you're bringing those leads back into the mothership and letting them eat right. off the table. Is that, do I have it right? That's absolutely right. So in good times, we talk about buffering the business where 40 to 50% of demand is going to partners where you would call it selling leads, we'd call it a referral business, but be that as it may, we can't quite take all of it back because some of it's three hours away from the nearest Redfin agent but most of it we can take back. Um, and the way I think about it here in Seattle, there are these orca whales and there's two kinds of salmon in Puget Sound, but the whales will only eat one type because the other type um, doesn't run some years and they will almost starve rather than eat that second type of salmon. And so we've never grown our employee base to the point where we're taking all the demand generated by our site. Wow. Well, I got to tell you, full disclosure, it's a good thing it's not video. I've, I've become a whale, and I already was a little one, in the last three weeks, Glenn, isolated. Because <laughs> my, my, my way of coping, interestingly, is to go back to the Midwest, you know, corn and beans. You know, I wish I was doing more. But the comfort food of the Midwest, which is all yeah. very fattening. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let, let me ask you two things. It seems like you're well-equipped for um, who would have thought all this ranting that I did on the digital transaction is now coming about because of the fact yeah. we, we don't have physical offer. And I think that's one of the positive things. Um, you are already, had already been doing a lot of that. Uh, if there's no market, it may not matter, but does that position you better because you've done so many things to streamline and make the transaction more efficient? It has. So, because we run our own title and mortgage company, 
we don't have to ask anyone else to play ball on a digital closing. And we have had customers who are panicking, um, saying, I'm under contract, but the courthouse is closed. I think what's much more important right now is video chat tours. I don't know if you remember, but four years ago, we rolled that out. It was a dismal failure. Uh, we just couldn't get more than 1% of our our visitors to sign up for that service. But now about one in four tours are digital. And in places like San Francisco and Seattle, it's almost all of our tours. Um, and that number is increasing very fast every week. So it was 12% last week. It was 0.5% the week before that. So we've been relieved that we have that. We're relieved that we're doing 3D scans of every one of our listings so that when customers freak out that we can't host an open house, we just run a digital open house and show them how many views they're getting. And even though we've pulled back from advertising Redfin, so there's no TV ads running right now for Redfin because people don't want to hear it, we have leaned in to ads for our listings. We run a custom digital campaign for every listing where if you look at the listing on Redfin, you're going to see it again on Facebook or Twitter or somewhere on Google. Um, and then we show the homeowner how many people are looking at the house and try to build a virtual pipeline. So, so you're not, you're that not has been off, reassuring. You're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, but you're not cutting off advertising. You've decided to continue, but not TV. Well, we're advertising our customers' listings because – now more than ever, they need to feel like we're doing everything we can to sell the house, especially through digital channels. But if you see an ad promoting Redfin and not one of our listings, that's only because the billboard company doesn't have anyone better to promote. We have stopped paying for uh, ads that promote Redfin unless it's to benefit a listing customer. Gotcha. Now, on the flip side, the digital transaction, the streamlined transaction has come to mm -hmm. us by this forcing function of a damn pandemic. Mm -hmm. But uh, the other side is the innovation that I was so encouraging of, which was mm -hmm. things like buyer direct and I buying. Mm -hmm. That's all come to a screeching halt. What will that is that the end of that? whole? No, I don't think so. That, oh, well, there's I buying. Um, yeah. You know, we have direct access where someone can use an iPhone to open a door lock and walk into a house without a real estate agent. And that has become more important because there are places where our real estate agents don't want to leave their own home, don't want to meet a customer and places where it's illegal for them to do so. So being able to install those locks and send a customer code and tell the owner to clear out lets us conduct commerce even in apocalypse now conditions. Um, so that's saving our bacon. But iBuying, you should go through every earnings script at least five times every quarter. I have told the market that there are going to be massive mix shifts where some years, some quarters, people are going to choose iBuying. It's going to be the hot new thing. And then other quarters, other months, people are going to broker the sale. And that we're going to be the most disciplined iBuyer. So as part of this recession simulation, we knew that there were going to be weeks or days or months where we shut down iBuying. Um, if you're an investor, you may be long-term committed to investing, but you don't want to be committed to buying in the stock market every single day. Right. And makes a lot of sense. 
you just live to fight another day. Let, let's talk while we're talking about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, real quickly, uh, consumer trends, you, you get a ton mm -hmm. of traffic. A lot of people don't know this. They think, well, mm -hmm. Zillow's the big portal, the big mama. But every time I look at a house, mm -hmm. um, is, you know, Redfin and Zillow, right? You know, toe to toe. Um, I always tell stories about my son. My son, everyone uses Redfin. They're investors. Redfin. He and his pals. And they, they love Redfin. And, um, you know, it's just so true. Yaz loves Redfin. But uh, uh, what are you seeing what, since you see all this traffic and you're such a big portal? Uh, um, what's consumer behavior? Are people still looking at houses? More so, less so? Any, any trends in there that you're uh -huh. seeing? Traffic has held up remarkably well, but it was down last week for the first time. But mostly what we're seeing is a massive decline in people bidding on properties and people touring properties, but traffic to the site is holding up very well. And it's especially holding up well, given that fewer listings are debuting. Uh, you know, we're not that much different than Inman.com. The way you get visits is by publishing new information. So when inventory goes up, traffic follows. Yeah. Inventory's gone down, but traffic has held up reasonably well. And I just wanted to share with you something interesting from some of the sentiment surveys. So, you know, we're publishing data every week on how much demand we're getting at every step in the funnel. We're also surveying consumers and agents about what's happening. And the interesting sentiment from consumers you know, we asked them, you know, how has this changed your home buying plans? And we really had in mind a binary answer that I'm either calling it off or I'm continuing with my plan. But since it was free form, people wrote in sort of a startling response, which was just over and over again, home more than ever or shelter more than ever. And wow. I think there's been a shift, which I don't love um, since I'm sort of an urbanist, a shift to a house at the foot of the mountains by a lake, uh, this idea of, of a, a safe place. People are spending more time at home. So I'm not fundamentally worried about real estate as a business. I think there have been all sorts of investments people have made, spending decisions they've made that haven't been about the home. And I think when this economy comes back, people are going to invest in the home. And just one other story, by the way, my sister-in-law is also a doctor and she called the family and we thought it was going to be a report from the front lines, but it was really about, hey, I'm in San Francisco and it's shutting down. Do you think I can get a deal now? Because uh, uh, she's been trying to buy a house forever. So I think that demand is building up on the other side of this. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I love about this? The home is so important now. I mean, we posted a thing, show us your home office and uh, hundreds of realtors on our Facebook coast to coast, you know, put yeah. pictures of their homes and they like yeah. open their house up to us. And now suddenly the home is quite into, I, you know, I, I interview a CEO or, you know, he may be in his pajamas in his kitchen table, like a realtor would be, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. such a, such an evening out or, uh, of some sort. Let me ask you one other, can you imagine around the bend when we get there, uh, mm -hmm. the other side, as people say, can you, can you speculate, like, is there going to be any, dislocation of kind of how the chessboard was set before the virus, meaning mm. the big portal is Zillow and mm. the big new yeah. happening broker was Compass and without naming names, but what do you yeah. think might be most important to the industry? Will it all be the same or 
uh-huh. will there be some dislocation uh-huh. of the powers and the and the influence uh-huh. and uh, I don't know. It's a vague yeah. question. One of Brad's, you know. Oh questions. man, Brad, it's why it's so fun to talk to you. Well, we're not going to put the genie back in the bottle. So I think that people who have learned to look at homes virtually are going to keep doing that. Um, the transaction is going to move online and stay there. Um, it doesn't mean that there won't be in-person service. There still will be, but I just think some processes are going to be digital. The second is that I think the iBuying market will be more rational. Um, you know, All the iBuyers have been asked over and over again about a recession in good times, but now we've been through one. And so we'll see what we really should be offering for houses. You know, what was hard is that Redfin was the most conservative iBuyer and our offer specialists, the people working for Redfin now, would come and complain to me about, look at what this iBuyer is offering, look at what that iBuyer is offering. Um, and at the time I would say, man, you know, a recession wouldn't be the worst thing to happen right now because this market will get rational and we'll find out who's really, sell- who's really selling homes for a profit. And maybe the third trend, I was on the phone with a brokerage that, you know, is very virtual, that is very cost conscious. Um, I was talking to the CEO and I said, mammals in the, in the late Cretaceous, you know, cause these tiny little furry guys are going to beat these big dinosaurs. Um, so there have been different bets in real estate, you know, betting big on brand and office space um, uh, and high end. And then there have been other brokerages that you know, have bet that look, you know, in an age when the agent is going to spend some money to generate demand on Zillow or what have you, you know, we need to have a cost structure that lets them do that. I think those brokerages are really excited about what's happening right now. Mm, um, and we're not quite one of them. You know, we generate our own demand for our agents. So I'm not trying to promote ourselves. Um, but, you know, I think those are the guys who have built a cost structure to survive a hard time. Well, you know, I think one thing we're learning through all this is some of the interdependencies that we depended on uh, don't work anymore. And uh, we have to uh, kind of like at the home, we got to figure out how to fix the plumbing because the plumber is not coming out. We have to control our own destiny more than we ever have before. And so I think that'll be manifested. I, I kind of, if, if it's a, if, if I got the concept right of what you said, I think those that are a little more DIY and a more efficient mm-hmm. uh, are going to find themselves probably at the other end better off. Glenn, any last yeah. words for the Inman community? we got a big community that um, most of them love you to death. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> in, any, oh, any well, message to that community? I've got two. Number one, we love you right back. <laughs> we need another agent on the other side of every deal to stay healthy. And I know that it's frustrating when we have to shelter in place and we have a home to sell, but think of the long term and stay alive, protect your family. We will sell houses when this virus is over. And then the second thing I forgot, that's the only thing that matters, your health. Let's end there. That's it, Glenn. You, you nailed it right there. Um, hey, thank you so much for this. This is, uh, um, it's been my I always pleasure. Love you know, you know, I know. 
You always have good stories. That's what I like. Anyway, you stay in touch with us. Keep us posted. Keep up the good work. Uh, and tune in again later on, folks, for the next interview. This is definitely one of my favorites. And this is Brad Inman checking out. <laughs>